Welcome back to another episode of My Mess is My Message. My name is Allie, and I'm very excited to be with you all today. Today on the podcast, I have Amanda Odgers, who is a very good friend of mine. Amanda is so many things, including a personal trainer, life coach, founder of Holistically You, and the founder of the Empower Light podcast. Through her content and work, she strives to help you start your journey towards renewing your mind, body, and spirit. During today's episode, we discuss what led her to pursue her current career, how she goes about helping her clients, and her recommendations on how to reach her fitness goals. We talk about how her relationship with God has had such a positive impact on her life, the power of the mind, the importance of balance, and advice she would tell her younger self. This is truly one of my favorite episodes because Amanda shares so much wisdom, so I'm so excited for you all to listen. So let's get into it. Well, hey, Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. Well, I'm so, so excited for you to be on. And if you just want to start by introducing yourself to the audience, who you are, what you do, and a little bit more about yourself. 100%. I would love to. So my name is Amanda Odgers. I'm located in the Philly and also Avalon, New Jersey area. I am a trainer first, but now I've been coming more into the life coaching space, as well as I just got my breathwork instructor certificate. So I'm utilizing that a lot with my clients as well. And how I like to look at life and working with clientele is a holistic approach, focusing on the mind, body, and spirit, because I really do believe they're all connected. So that is a little bit about me and what I do, um, but primarily who I am as a person. I am someone that loves life. I love travel. I love God. And those are my three. You know, I think that's so important to find a, a part of you that is so special that kind of stands out and that makes you uniquely you. And for me, those are those three. I love all of that. And I'd love to hear from you just a little bit. How did you get into these different careers? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So how it kind of all started was I've always had a passion for helping others since I was honestly a kid. I was always that person on the playground that playground that would make sure everyone felt included. And then growing up throughout life, I found myself getting involved with a bunch of different volunteer opportunities and then diving deeper and deeper into my faith, honestly. And that's been the foundation for as long as I can remember. And how I kind of got into all these careers was I left my my nine to five job because I just felt like I wasn't for me anymore. I felt like I left college where I was doing so much good. I was involved with so many different things that were bringing me joy, but also helping so many other people. And then I got into this nine to five job that I just felt like I was just calling people. And and it was just honestly sales all day long. And it just wasn't fulfilling. And I felt like I just had more. I was made for more. And what you'll notice in my social media and anywhere you follow me is that's kind of my tagline at this point, made for more, because I truly believe we're all made for more than just an average life, but more like we're meant to lean into who we truly are. And that looks different for everyone. So for me, it was no more nine to five. I was over that. And I just had such a passion for fitness, health, and wellness. And when I actually went through my own journey personally, I just felt like I can impact so many other people by going this direction. So I got all my certificates. I started working with the clients. And as time's kind of progressed, it's it's looked a little bit different, but it's all been beautiful. And honestly, I I come back to my faith a lot because that is what I lean on. And that's where I just feel like Jesus is carrying me different directions and I'm letting him. Um, and that's been the best part. 
Yeah, no, that is also awesome. And I love that you always just lean on God because I agree that gives you a lot of courage to make these big decisions. And that's what I was going to ask you. How scary was it kind of quitting the nine to five traditional thing everyone's doing to pursue something you're a little bit more interested in? Absolutely terrifying. And so terrifying that truly I didn't make the leap for about two years. So I was working in a recruitment job for three and a half years. About a year and a half in, I just felt like I was made for more. And I just was, this wasn't for me. And so I started this business on the side and I just found as time went on, I was like, oh my goodness, I can make this a full-time thing. Why do I not just take the leap and do it? It was so terrifying that I'm not kidding you. It took me so long to make the decision. Even after I made the decision, I still didn't leave my job for three months. I remember talking to my boss and saying, hey, I'm going to put in a month and a half notice because that's how unsure I was about my decision. But I knew I had to make the leap and had to do it and when I was able to finally make that leap, it was the best decision I ever made. But I cried. I laughed. I called everyone and their mom, you know, for advice, including my own mother, you know. Um, so it was terrifying for sure. But it was so fulfilling, so rewarding. Yeah, no, that is so cool. And just anything, like any change is going to be uncomfortable. And if it's something you're interested in and excited about, it doesn't hurt to go for it. You can always go back or make a change. So that is so cool of you. And I also want to ask just, I know from knowing you and just like, you are so confident and I would love to know like where that confidence come from. And did you, were you always confident? Oh my goodness. Okay. Thank you first off, because I really appreciate that. And the answer is no, honestly. Um, how do I put this? I feel like I've always been, I, I, I hate to say this trait, but I've always felt like need to be center of attention when I was a kid. And that's something I've really worked on and stepped back from is just like becoming more humble, trying to not, you know, take the spotlight from anyone else and, and really let everyone else live their own journeys. I feel like that's something I had to come to terms with and understand about myself too in, in order to fix. Um, but confidence wise, like, I think it started there with, you know, wanting to be involved with plays and wanting to be, you know, really good at whatever sport I had or what I was doing. But internally, that confidence, honestly, is it's very external. It's almost blind confidence, I'd say, a lot of the time. And then internally, sometimes I'll be like downing everything. And those closest to me know that. And I think that's something that, you know, while it comes off a certain way, I think it's important that other people know, like, no one is as confident as they actually seem. And that's something I've had to work on to get to my entire life. At this point, I will say, yes, it is probably very bold and authentic confidence because I just truly believe so much in my vision and so much in, honestly, going back to the faith again, I'll probably return to it a lot more in the podcast, but I just really believe um, that Jesus has me on the right path. And if I am in a room, someone said this to me one time and it really impacted me. If I'm in a room, I'm meant to shine and I should be proud of being in that room and proud of whatever skill set I'm bringing to that room. You wouldn't be given a seat at the table if you didn't deserve it. So what's the point in doubting yourself in one of those situations? You know, you should always go in and be so proud of yourself and know that everyone makes mistakes. Everyone messes up and that's okay. And that is a part of being a human. So I think that confidence has been something I, it's kind of changed over time, but something that I can say I've pretty much fully stepped into, I want to say at this point, which is good. Yeah, no, that is so cool. And I completely agree that once you really remember that God is in control and you are in exactly the right path that you're supposed to be. And like, like you just mentioned, those mistakes have a purpose. The success has a purpose. Like 
it's not only comforting and reassuring, but it's just like, it gives you the confidence to know that like everything happens for a reason. And I love that. And I also think it's so important to continue to do things that bring you joy and like doing things that like you enjoy, bring you a lot of confidence as well. And kind of saying no to the things that don't serve you, serve you anymore, or you don't enjoy doing. So that's another thing. And then also just, you mentioned like believing in yourself and like changing the narrative in in your head. Like if you tell yourself you're confident and if you tell yourself that you're enough and like you don't need to change, like, of course you're going to feel a lot more confident in who you are. But if you're constantly beating yourself up, like saying you're not enough or you need to change, or you need to look a certain way to be liked by people, like that's obviously going to hurt your confidence. So I like agree with everything that you mentioned. And also, like, I couldn't agree more with that statement. And it's also how you enter the room, too. So changing the phys- physiology of your actual body before, let's say, you go into an interview or you go to give a big presentation, it's so important. Go to take a test. You know, you want to almost stand. This is the best way to my friend Nick Pags put it, but puts it. But you want to stand up straight. You want to roll your shoulders back. You want to put a smile on your face. And you want to, like, almost scream at the top of your lungs, like, I deserve this. I can get this grade and whatever it might be. And just be so bold and proud in actually how you look and feel before you enter even into that room, enter into that test, because that will change how your brain essentially like interacts with everything that you're doing for the rest of the day. So it's important to do that too. Mm -hmm. No, like just even body language is so important for exuding confidence. I'd love to just talk a little bit more because I know that you talk and you do a lot with like the mind, like how important is your mindset and how to create such a positive narrative in your head? It is honestly everything, truly everything. So when I think about the mind and I think about the mind-body connection, a lot of people think when they come to me as a trainer, for example, oh, you know, I want to hit this certain goal. And the reason I'm not hitting is because I'm not fit enough or I'm not, you know, eating the right foods. But the truth of the matter is a portion of that is, is true, right? But a portion of that actually has to do with your mindset around it too. You're telling yourself that you can't achieve these goals. You're telling yourself, I'm not good enough to hit this target. And that mindset is not going to allow you to get to where you want to be. So the mind actually, so a little science for you. (laughs) We'll just do a little science real quick. So 95% of our decisions are made from our subconscious mind. And that subconscious mind is actually learned from ages zero to seven years old. Now, I always say this to everyone. I don't know about you, but I don't remember much from when I was zero to seven years old. Probably just some very significant happy times and very significant traumatic times. That being said... 95% of our decisions are being made from what we learned when we are zero to seven years old, from when we are born to seven. So if we're making 95% of our decisions from our subconscious, and that was learned at that time period, only 5% of our decisions are actually made consciously, logically, and we can't access our subconscious on a daily basis. So our subconscious is learned over time as well. And all of our beliefs and things that we've uh, we've received over time, specifically from zero to seven years old, are trapped inside of our brain in a place we can't really access. So we're making all these decisions off of a place of our brain that we don't access on a daily basis. And another thing you should know, 70% of our thoughts are negative. And the reason for that is fight or flight. So we actually naturally come from, let's say, cavemen, for example. Let's take them as an example. So when we cavemen were going to bed and waking up in the morning, all they had to worry about was, is my, there a prey in front of me? 
or is someone is a prey going to come attack me while I'm sleeping? So when they woke up, they immediately went into fight or flight, looked around the room. Okay, no, no snake, no mammoth. I'm safe. Then they go to bed. Same thing. Fight or flight. Am I okay? Okay. Okay, cool. I am. I can go to bed. Our body does that now on a daily basis way more because we have so much overstimulation compared to back then. So our body is constantly in a fight or flight state. So our subconscious mind is 70% negative because it wants to protect us. It wants to protect us from anything that could possibly harm us. So when we think about a goal, when we think, let's take, um, you want to run, because I, I just ran a marathon, half marathon. So let's talk about that because it's just, I was not expected. I was supposed to be training for one in a month and I just, my friends convinced me and you know what? We did it and that's fine. But I, I can lean into that, right? So I can tell you just what happened for me in that specific scenario. So about a month ago, I decided that I ideally would like to hit a time goal for my half marathon. It would be a sub two hour half marathon. And that was just, you know, a very loose goal. I wasn't, it was more, I wanted to have fun, but a loose goal of like, if I hit this, this would be pretty cool. I didn't believe I could hit it at all. And so I'm running these like nine to 10 minute miles. And I'm just like, oh, like I'm just not hitting where I need to be. There's no way I can do it. There's no way I can do it. There's no way I can do it. Fast forward, I dive into breath work. I do the work. I dig into my subconscious mind, which breath work's a beautiful tool to do that. And I change these beliefs of I can't do this. And I start telling myself, outwardly and subconsciously, you are capable of this. Immediately after I spent a week doing that, I hit a PR time of seven minutes and 30 seconds. And that's something I haven't even hit since high school. And that was the coolest thing of my life. And then a week later, I spontaneously signed up for a half marathon and I hit my sub two hour pace, two hour goal, a month ahead of where I was supposed to be in my training. And I'm telling you that all comes from the mind and from changing my belief systems around it because I was doing all the training, right? Nothing was changing. I was uh, eating correctly. Nothing was changing. The change came when I dug into my beliefs and I changed what I genuinely was telling myself on a daily basis and subconsciously. And so I'm sorry that was a long-winded answer, but what we need to know is the more we allow these negative thoughts to take over our mind, the more we tell our bodies that we're not safe, the less likely we are going to be able to hit our goals, whatever they may be, athletically, physically, emotionally, you know, career, financially, all of that. So it's important to dive into your mind and correct some of those negative beliefs and to genuinely just teach your body you're safe. You're safe in wanting to go into this interview. You're going to nail it. It's great. This is going to be good for me. Don't say, oh, if I don't get this, if I don't get this, if, you know, I, I've been waiting on this job for so long, I, I, if I don't get this, I'm stuck in this. No, just be like, I'm going to get this. I already got it. It's easy. Mine never matter. Get in there, crush it. Yeah, no, that is an incredible answer. And I love everything you said, like the narrative in your head, the way you talk yourself is not only important on a day to day, but it's also in meeting those goals. Like you can literally do anything you set your mind to and the way you talk to yourself is going to play a major part in whether you actually accomplish it. Yep. 100%. And so what are some things that you do to take care of your mind to make sure that you have, you know, a healthy, positive mindset? Yeah. So a couple things, breath work is huge. I think it's important because we have so much trauma and so much, um, so many of our limiting beliefs in our brain that we can't access in our subconscious mind. So breath work, the specific one I do is called theta breath. It allows you to tap into your subconscious mind 
by putting your logical mind, your prefrontal cortex to rest. So it actually changes the oxygen makeup in your body for a little bit. So your physiology and you're able to actually put that logical mind to rest and you might have visions, you might have memories come up, different things that you don't even know you have access to because you put that logical mind to rest. So breathwork is super important, whether it's that type of breathwork, um, Wim Hof's really good, box breathing's really good as well. Breathwork's perfect because it basically settles down our cortisol levels and that allows us to get out of a panicked stress state. So that is really, really good for the mind. That's the first one I'd say. Another one, um, lean into your intuition. That's that's a part of obviously breath work, but you can do that by journaling. You can do that by spending time alone in meditation. Whatever that might be, you could be just listening to music and seeing what comes up for you. We always have the answers within us. And I think that's something that a lot of us neglect and disregard sometimes. And I think it's so important to focus on. So journaling, spending time alone is so important. Reading some books, obviously getting some new insights from others, listening to podcasts, that's great too for the mind because it only helps expand us more. But if you're not able to go inward and actually focus on yourself and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, you're not going to be able to find out what makes you tick. And I say this to everyone, there are literally 7 billion people on this earth, but there's only one you. There is only one you and you are uniquely yourself in every way, shape, or form. There is not a single person on this world that can do something exactly like you can. So know that. Use that as your superpower. Like that is you. That is who you are. And your mind is so important with that. So journaling, meditation, breath work, those are the big ones. And then this is just a belief of mine, but just believing it's everything is going to work out for you. Truly, you know, like. There's no point in stressing about the future. There's no point in harping on the past. All we have is the present moment. So if you can practice gratitude in the present moment, write down one to five reasons why you're grateful for each day. Just add that practice into your life. And I promise you, it's going to change your mindset surrounding everything else you do. A hundred percent. And I think what you just said, like life is happening for you and just having that, like remembering that is so important that every single moment is happening for your benefit and for the future. And I think like also, like you mentioned, just like trusting yourself, you have all the tools and the knowledge to help you get through every obstacle that comes across in life. So you have to trust yourself. I think that's something I used to struggle with was just trusting that like, I am going to be able to get through this. So knowing that, and also I know you kind of mentioned with like gratitude, but I would love to know, like you are just one of the most positive people I know. So where does that positivity come from and how do you, and is it because you are constantly practicing like gratitude and things like that? Yeah, I would say the best answer for that is it's not always positive. You know, there are days where it's really tough, but I had a really big mental shift over the last two years. And it was just like, I have one chance to be on this earth. I have one chance to do the things I want to do. I don't know when that's going to, my time's up. I don't know when that's going to end. So yes, tragedy happens. Deaths happen. Losing a job happens, friendships fail, relationships end, like things happen. But if we spend so much time in that mindset, we're sitting in a point of, for lack of a better term, like our own crap, you know, and that's not a place I want to live. I don't want to live in a place like that. I don't want to spend so much of the, the limited time I have here focusing on the bad. 
you know, when you focus on the good, the good gets better. And that's a saying I'm sure you've heard many, many times. You attract more of what you spend time in. So if I spend more time in negativity, I'm going to attract more negativity. Like if I spend more time positive, I'm going to attract more positivity in my life. And it really does come from a trust and a genuine finally belief that everything happens for a reason and it's going to work out. And every single time, this is an activity you can do. If you find yourself in a really negative mindset, switch to two things real quick because these are two very powerful things. One, I want you to take a scenario, bad time you had in your life a couple years ago. And I want you to look at what's happened since then. And I want you to see if you can try to find a reason why that moment was perfect, why that thing happened exactly how it was supposed to. Because I don't know about you, when I look back on the things that have happened in my lifetime that are bad, I can nail down what came from that. I can nail down some reason that had to happen. And I know it's hard to do while while you're in it. While you're in it, it's so tough. But you got to lean on the people around you. You got to lean on your intuition and you got to know that tough times come. We all go through valleys, but then a valley allows us to understand that a peak is coming and that's life, right? You're going to go down. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. You're going to go up. There's no perfect life. And I think the sooner we realize that, that life is truly hard, but we don't have to make it hard. That's where we flip that script there. And I think that's my first tip for you. And my second tip would be to change any affirmation you're saying into a question. Because my friend Beatrice, she's incredible. She's actually my breathwork coach. She taught me this and it's literally changed my mind um, completely. So essentially you take a affirmation like, I am enough. And yeah, you're saying I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm worthy. I'm enough. But maybe subconsciously you're not believing it. So what you need to do is you need to say, why am I enough? And I want you to sit here and I want you to answer why you're enough. So why am I enough? Well, because I'm I'm a badass. I have an awesome business. I have an awesome job. I have a great group of friends. I have a, an amazing supportive family. I Everything I do, I get to accomplish, whether it happens right away or later on, and I make adjustments and I continue to progress forward. Why am I enough? Answer that question for yourself. You know, why am I financially free? Maybe you're struggling financially. Why am I financially free? You might not believe you're financially free, but if you answer why I'm financially free, oh, well, resources are always coming to me. I'm attracting so many good things to my life. I work hard. I I have two jobs and I work really, really hard. And I know that what's for me is coming to me. If you can answer that question and tell your mind that it's a reality, that is where you start attracting the things you want into your life. And so that, I guess, would be where that positivity comes from. It's just a genuine belief that everything happens how it's supposed to. And I don't want to live in a victim mindset. You know, things happen. Shit happens. It sucks. But I don't want to sit there and I don't want to lay there for too long. You know, obviously, there's a point in time to grieve. There's a point in time to be sad. But I like to always say, set a date, pick that date. And when that date comes, you turn the page and that's it. Done. That's all really, really good advice and strategies for helping like shift that mindset. And like you mentioned, like any situation can be positive. You just have to flip, flip the way you're looking at it. So thank you for sharing all that. And then I kind of want to jump over to your role as a personal trainer. What do most of your clients come to you for? Yeah, I love that question. So, and the answer is so many different things. And I think that's the beauty um, of it. So I really believe I am a child of God. I'm doing 
the Lord's work and he's working through me in any way he possibly can. So I really believe my clients come to me because they, they found me for a reason. And I like to take the holistic approach of looking at everyone very individually and saying, you are your own whole unique person. What do you need in this moment? I'll tell you what I do. I work on mindset. I work on nutrition. I do nutrition plans. I do personal training. So creating a lot of fitness plans for people, meeting with them one-on-one. And then I also do a lot with breathwork. So I do a lot of breathwork sessions where we uncover limiting beliefs. We work through those limiting beliefs and also some traumas and work through those traumas. So what do I do? It just kind of depends on what you need. And I, if I am obviously not a doctor, I will never say I'm a doctor. I will never do anything that I'm not able, able or capable of doing. I always direct people in the right direction if for some reason I feel like I'm not capable of dealing with something. For example, um, I have my own gut health journey and I know a ton about gut health, but I am not a dietitian. I am not specifically focused on gut health as a dietitian. So what I'll do if people come to me for gut health, I'll give them all, a lot of general practices and then I'll refer them over to my dietitian, Jill, and say, hey, Jill will be an awesome person for you to work with. She's great in this area. That being said, also have some gut health supplements that I've taken and that I've seen work for a lot of my clients that you know could be great for you. So essentially, the answer to that is I do a bunch of things. But what people come to me for is what they feel, I think if I'm being honest, it's the genuine, authentic connection. And that's what I try to put on social media. That's why I try to put in any of my advertising, what I try to elicit in all of my sessions that come through referrals. Like, oh, I you, you worked with this person. Uh, with this, can you help me with something similar? My goal is to just be the most authentic version of myself and help people get to become the best, highest version of themselves whatever that looks like for you. So I take everyone very individually. And I know that's not a great business plan, right? You know, at the end of the day, it's like, you should, a lot of people say you should niche down, you should focus on one thing and, you know, be really good at this one thing. Well, I like to believe I'm really good at a lot of things. And I don't believe that God put me in a bucket and that if someone is coming to me for help, I can't help them. I will do the work to become the best version of yourself, help you become the best version of yourself. And for example, like I had a client that originally came to me for weight loss and wanting to tone. That was about two and a half years ago. Since then, we have helped her prepare for a baby. She has then lost the weight from having that baby and done with the mindset surrounding all of that and nutrition, obviously, as well, too. And now we do yoga and breath work as well. So the point is, like, if you come to me, I'm going to work with you in an individual way. I'm not going to look at you as a number. I'm not going to look at you as like, oh, I only do this. You're not welcome to come to me for this. So that's my goal is to be as open and as skilled in the different areas as I possibly can be. And if that means learning and researching and and getting a certificate in postpartum and and prepartum support, that's what I'm going to do, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. And I really love that you do such a personalized approach and that's what you're going to that's how you help truly help your clients to make sure that you're focusing on their needs and what they want to get out of it. And I think what you do is also super sustainable. I think it's really important to create a routine around all these things that is super sustainable. So I really like all like the way you handle each situation. But I'd love to hear from you if like someone comes to you and like, for example, 
in the past, I struggled with kind of over-exercising and cardio and I'm kind of on this like path of wanting to get stronger and things like that. So for some, like a type of client like that, what would you recommend they begin with? Yeah, 100%. So you want to get stronger. You want to focus on, you said you were focusing more on cardio to start and then now you're looking to kind of switch to strength training or you need help with cardio. Um, I would like to kind of do less cardio and do more strength training. Perfect. Well, that is perfect because I like to ideally have my clients, a lot of them do cardio outside of our time together because anyone can go for a run, right? At the end of the day, not everyone knows what they're doing in the gym. So to come in, you'd come in with me. We'd have a consultation. We'd walk through kind of where you're at now. If you've had any experience with strength training in the past, and then typically how I break things down is we'll go through a first session. And that will be an overuse session where I test different weight sizes with you. I test where you're at physically. We try to look at different areas of your body. I'll look for any form corrections and so forth and things that I can help you out with posture-wise and so forth. And then from there, we'll develop a personalized workout plan for you based on your goals. So for example, if your goal is to just become stronger, and you don't have a specific target area of your body, you're just like a full body approach. I ideally would suggest around three to four times with me in the gym if possible. If you can only make two to three times work, I'd ideally like you to come in on your own one time outside of us together or do some work from home. So workouts from home. Um, What I like to do structure wise is I like to break it down into one full body day where we're hitting everything. One day that's focused on arms and abs, maybe a specific part of the upper body, like chest or back or something like that for, for the certain targets that we're hitting for that week. Then we'll have one lower body day, lower body and glutes. So focusing a lot on maybe one day it's like hamstrings or one day it's more quads or maybe it's just a full leg day. Um, that's my approach when it comes to the three days a week. And then that fourth day, I like to do a little bit of hit work. If you are open to that, especially as someone coming from a cardio background, hit is super great. And I think it's not too too uh, out of the ordinary or too, I guess, not transferable. So that's something I like to do, especially if your target is to kind of focus on a little bit more of strength training. We still want to get some time-based circuits in there as well to focus on getting strong there with some plyometrics. So that is another thing I like to do, and that will help you with your power when it comes to you doing that cardio stuff outside of our session. So that's simply what I'll do. Some days, if it's like you have a certain muscle goal, like I want to switch this amount of body fat into muscle and so forth, we might do two arm days, two leg days a week and focus more on different parts of the body for each of those sessions. But typically I couple arms and abs together on a day and then legs and glutes on on a different day, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense and is super helpful. I I just have a question about, is cardio like – so – I heard, I I don't know if this is a myth, but in the past I've heard that like cardio can kind of make you lose muscle. Is that correct? So if like, for example, you want to build muscle, is running going to like affect you reaching that fitness goal? So yes and no is the answer to that. So basically, yes, if you are focusing on only running and you are not getting a good amount of strength training in, you will definitely lose muscle. And how that's going to happen is you're not eating enough protein and you're not doing enough strength training in the gym on top of your running. Now, if you are someone that runs, let's say two days a week, and then the rest of the week is mostly strength training and you're eating enough protein, you're getting enough of the right types of foods in your body, you won't lose that much muscle at all. You'll actually be able to maintain exactly where you're at. 
when I look at uh, any of my clients, I don't like to say completely cut out cardio. Regardless of your goal, I think it's important to get that hurried up a different way. And the body is always changing. So if you are focused on only one form of exercise for too long, your body is going to plateau. So whether it be just strength training, yes, you can switch up the weight sizes or the amount you're lifting and so forth. You can switch up the types of exercises you're doing. But at some point, your body is going to get so used to that, that you need a little bit of an alteration. So I like to couple the two together. I think it's just important to note that depending on what your goal is, it's super important to focus on a certain aspect first. So what do I mean by that? If you're going to come in the gym and you want to be focusing on running, I'm going to have you run on the treadmill first or run outside first and then do some strength training afterwards. Reason being is you want all your energy and all your focus going towards your goal. So it's all about goals. If your goal is strength training, what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you come to the gym. We'll probably do a quick little warm up five minutes or so. And then we're going to get right into strength training. And then I'll have you run at the end. So depending on what your goals are, that is how you make the, the differentiation on what you purpose, you purposely want to achieve, if that makes sense, and what you're going to hit in the gym. But to answer your question, it's kind of a yes or no answer. It depends on just the frequency, if that makes sense, of how much you're lifting and how much you're running. Yeah, that completely makes sense. And I think it's really important, like you called out, just like to focus like your energy and your routine based on like what your goals are. So yeah. I think that's super important. And so, and I know you mentioned protein being helpful. Why is protein so helpful? And what are ways to incorporate protein into your meals? I love it. So protein is literally how we build muscle. Like truly, if you do not have a, have protein in your body, it is going to be very hard for you to build strong muscle. Now we talk about lean muscle, obviously, you know, there's ways to get protein in. If you are, let's say pescatarian or vegetarian, you know, there are ways, but the majority of protein that I really believe you should be having is real raw ground meat, whether it be turkey, whether it be beef, whether it be, you know, I don't know, like want to say like, like chicken, like I'm just thinking of like all the different ways I eat personally protein, but that's the best way to get it. If you are not someone that is, if you're averse to that, that's completely fine. You can have a lot of fish. I'm holding a protein shake right now. Protein shakes are the best way. And I have a lot of awesome supplements to recommend. Uh, BPN, Bear Performance Nutrition supplements are my favorite personally for protein. Um, protein shakes are great. You can also get uh, protein in through protein bars. But what I like to say to everyone is you want to eat your body mass of protein. So if you are 140 pounds and you don't want to be losing muscle and you want to be gaining muscle, you ideally want to eat around 140 grams of protein a day. And that is the best way to kind of look at it. So this shake, for example, probably is about 30 grams of protein in it. So as long as I'm getting in a few you know, pieces of chicken throughout the day, I have that, maybe a protein bar, I'm going to hit my protein goals. It's just a matter of making sure you're getting enough in. And that's the best, uh, I guess, example of what I do on a daily basis to get protein in myself. It's not as hard as it sounds. It's just a matter of just committing and having the things available to you to be able to get there and hit those goals. Because if we don't have enough protein, it's just going to, like I said, break down our muscle. Our body is going to utilize our protein sources to break things down. And that's why it's so important to actually have enough carbs in your body as well. We talk about carbs all the time. Carbs are fuel. It's important that your body goes and attacks carbs 
not your muscles, not your protein source throughout your workout. So if you don't have enough carbs in your body as well, your body's going to go after your muscle too. So that's a good thing to know. No, that's all helpful. I love carbs. So it's good to know that those are good for reaching your goals as well. And obviously fitness and nutrition is very important when living a healthy lifestyle, but is there any other components that you find super valuable in order to kind of have a healthy, happy lifestyle? It is all about living life and realizing that we only have one life here. So while those things are super important, I like to live by this thing called the 80-20 rule. So knowing that like 80% of the time I'm, I'm on track and I'm working hard towards my goals, but 20% of the time I am just making the decisions I want to make and I'm enjoying life as they come. So let's take the Super Bowl, for example. I will never tell someone on the Super Bowl that they cannot eat the buffalo chicken dip, that they cannot eat the the hot dogs or whatever else. We all know these things are not great for us, but if you do not have balance and you do not live your life how you're supposed to, it's not going to be good for you. So that is important to always remember that life is about enjoyment too. So if you have a birthday coming up, if you want to go out to dinner with a friend, that's great. Do it. Just don't make it a thing where you're eating it out five times a week, six times a week. Don't do that. But I'd say that's super important. Balance is super important. And as far as a healthy lifestyle goes outside of the fitness and nutrition uh, aspect, it is so important that you surround yourself with the right people. So I think we talked about this before, but you are the makeup of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you are spending your time with people that aren't striving towards success, striving towards different goals, striving to become the best version of themselves, and they actually are doing the opposite, they're going to drag you back down. And every time you go to try to achieve a goal, you're going to feel this weight dragging you along that's keeping you tied down to where you currently are. And that's what's tough, right? Because we love everyone. We don't want to ever say, okay, this person's not good for me, right? But maybe it's a matter of just, I need to spend a little bit less time with that person because they're right now not on that track to a higher version of themselves. And that is driving me back too. And let's think about your mannerisms, you know, like if you spend too much time with like a roommate, say you start to talk like them, you start to sound like them. And that happens exactly in every part of your life, mind, body, spirit, everything you do, you will start to mimic what that person is doing. So just consider who you surround yourself with. And then like community is so important. And then also just like make time for enjoyment for the things you love. I like to say, don't live for the weekends, live for the weekdays. I think that's so important because a lot of times we're just like, okay, oh my gosh, like two more days to the weekend, one more day of the weekend. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. What if you found something every single day you were excited about and every single day it made doing the shit you don't want to do enjoyable because you just woke up on the right side of the bed and you decided to fill up your cup with whatever it is in the morning before you started your job, your job. And then after work, you were excited about the meal that you prepped last night or some dinner with um, your roommate or some friends. You got to go to church after work and whatever it might be, you live for, for the weekday, you know, and there's something you're working towards and excited about at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. I think that's so important too. It's just like realizing, again, we have one life. We only have a certain amount of hours and days on this planet. So why waste them focusing on something that you don't even know you're going to get to one day, you know? A hundred percent. Like life, like this could be the last day of your life. Like you might as well just live it to the fullest. And I completely agree. Surrounding yourself with people that care about you, that you enjoy being with is so important. Your relationships just, 
I feel like after COVID, I've found even more appreciation for the people just because like I wasn't able to see most, a lot of them for some of it. So that is so important. Also just having a balance, like you said, with food and exercise. And if you were, if like you cut all these foods out, it's going to create such an unhealthy relationship with food. So everything in moderation, allow yourself to eat like the cake and drink the drinks you want and all those things. But yeah, exactly. So I think creating a balance is so important and also super sustainable that way. Mm -hmm. That's all I want for any of my clients is creating a sustainable lifestyle that you can stick with. Because if I told you tomorrow, Hey, you got to cut alcohol out completely. You'd say, yeah, I'm going to go find another trainer. <laughs> exactly. Well, because it's not fun. It's Life's not fun when you cut things out. So yeah. exactly. And so obviously you're full of so much wisdom. So I'd love to know what are some things that you would tell your younger self or things you wish you knew about like anything, life, fitness, nutrition, anything at all? I love this question. Let's go. This is awesome. Um, honestly, I would just tell myself, I look back on when I was younger and I look back on how much stress and how much anxiety I had around little things, the little things. And I would just say, don't sweat the small stuff. I know the small stuff feels big in the moment, but if I could tell myself one thing, it's that everything works out. It always does. It, it always does for the better. It might not seem like it in the moment. It might be very hard and you might be going through some really challenging times. Like I had some days when I was younger that were really, really tough. Um, and I wish I could tell myself in that moment, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out because it just genuinely, it, it never hasn't worked out. I just had to get through it. I had to push through those times and be okay with that. Um, and I think... I look back on who I was years ago and I just wish I could tell myself sooner to dive fully into who I am and lean into my intuition because you talk about, I mean, for those that were raised, you know, in, in Catholic faith or Christianity, we're always taught about our, our conscience. Well, I believe the conscience is the same thing as your intuition. And whether you were raised a certain way to believe a certain thing or not, we all have a voice inside of us that tells us when something's right or wrong. It tells us when we're on our path or not. And that might show up in different ways, right? It might show up in the form of anxiety because our body or subconscious is saying, this isn't right for you. It might show up in a little bit of depression. And that's a way of the body saying, no, we're not, this isn't right. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. It might show up in a way of excitement and happiness and alignment where we're just like, ah, oh, this feels so good. Why am I so excited about this specific thing? Because we're, because you're aligned with it and your intuition's telling you this is the right path. I wish I could tell myself sooner to look back and to listen to those little thoughts. I've always had them inside me and I've always felt something a certain way. And I just, I wasn't able to make the hard decisions and the hard leaps a lot of times in my life. I lived in a mask a lot of times. I had a mask on my face of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, striving popularity and whatever it might look like, like surround yourself with this group of friends. And I just wish I could step back and tell myself, because I feel like as much as they were learning points in my life, I did waste a lot of years on that. And I, I wish I could have gotten to this point a little bit sooner and uh, dove into who I am a little bit sooner. So that's that's the only thing I'd tell myself is just 
everything happens how it's supposed to and just lean into who you truly are because again there's no one more you than you and when you do do this you become so aligned and you just question why you ever lived your life a different way that is so true like i completely agree it's just like lean into who you are you really can't mess up life when you're just like doing exactly what you want and acting as you are i think for so long i cared so much what people thought of me and i kind of molded myself into some like into this version that i thought would be liked by others and through that i fully lost like what I liked and who I was. And it was, I unfortunately just had to relearn what, who I was. And, but so just to save other people time, just know that you are enough as you are and you don't need to change and just to lean in exactly to who you are. Yeah. And just be so proud of that. At the end of the day, like I tell this to so many people, but we are the main characters of our own story. This is like our own life. We only get one shot at this thing. So no one is actually thinking about the things that you're worried about as much as you are. You know, everyone has their own shit. Everyone has their own stuff in life they have to deal with. So why are you not moving to San Diego or why are you not moving to Austin, Texas? Because you're afraid of what this person or that person says, you know, at the end of the day, do it, like make the leap. You are the only person that is in control of your life. And Who's to say that this per- these people, these this person is going to be in your life in a month, two months, three years, five years? I can tell you how many people, I can't tell you how many people that aren't in my life anymore that I thought were all encompassing to everything that was making me, me. And I don't even know where they are at this point in their lives, you know? Like social media helps, obviously, but, you know, it's just, you are your own person. This is your own life. This is your one shot at this thing. Make the most of it. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you only have yourself. So you might as well do the things you want. But the last two questions I want to ask is the first being, what is your favorite quote or piece of advice? So (laughs) I think I've already said it a little bit, but everything happens for a reason. It's so basic. It's so cliche, but it has defined my entire life. It really has. I look back on my entire life and I think of a way that everything happened perfectly. And I realized this back in high school and it's been a quote that has stuck with me forever. And so truly like just lean into who you are, lean into just in those tough times, the people around you and look backwards, look back on where you came from and be proud of that and know that you got through every valley you've ever been through. This is another quick quote that goes hand in hand, but you've survived 100% of your tough days. Your survival rate is 100%. Like a hundred percent. That is the best survival rate out there. That's the best rate you can get. hundred percent. What else can you say in your life you've done a hundred percent of, you know? Yeah. No, that is such great advice. And I love those quotes and everything happens for a reason is my absolute favorite quote. It truly is just the best. Um, but what is something you do every day that brings you joy? Every day that brings you joy. Um, honestly, I, a couple things. I have a little breakdown of what I like to hit. So I like to hit something for my mind, body, and spirit every single day. So whether, let's start with the mind. It could look like breath work. It could look like journaling. It could look like a meditation. It could also be just something where I'm reading for 10 minutes and learning. I like to grow every single day mentally in some way. For my body, I like to work out every single day. It has to look, it comes in different forms, right? Right now I'm training for a marathon. So a lot of the times it's running, some days it's strength training and some days it's just yoga and recovery. But I like to move my body every single day. 
And then my spirit, that is a huge one. I start every single morning saying, not my will, but yours be done to the Lord. And just take this day, use me, let me be a vessel for whatever you need for me today. Work through me, you know, let me, let my words be your words. And that starts my day every single morning on the right path. Sometimes something I'm working on is I like to spend some time in the morning with the Lord as well, whether opening up a, a Bible or going through, I have a saint quote book I like to look at every day. It has a quote that I like to journal on and like to reflect on, but I do something for my mind, body, and spirit every single day. And that's something that I hope if you get anything from this podcast, you can take with you. That is how I start my day with some semblance of positivity and gratitude. And no matter what comes in that day, I know it's going to be okay. And it's going to be perfect. And I can get in my head too. I can get upset. I can cry. It's not out of the ordinary. I'm a very, very emotionally driven person and in a good way. You know, I, I like to feel, and I think that's a part of life is feeling, but if you can get anything from this podcast, it's do something that helps your mind, body, and spirit every single day. Cause they are all connected. Yeah, that is awesome. And I feel like it sets you up for success when you have like a good like mind on your shoulders too. And I like your thing about spending time with God in the morning. I do that as well. And I, cause I used to wake up with like a lot of anxiety and I would just want to get everything done. And I, instead I would wake up and kind of ask God for guidance of like what I should do first that day and kind of like help me get through that day and give me the confidence and like assurance, like to get through the day. So I love that, that you set time aside as well for that. I love it too. I'm I'm so glad you do that too. That's such a cool thing that we do. I feel like it's it's our time to lean inward too to ourselves and who we truly are. And I think that's so cool. And just know the anxiety part of things for anyone listening, that is normal. That's so normal to wake up with anxiety. It goes back, it's scientifically proven. It goes back to the thing I said before of the subconscious mind. Cavemen waking up. Is there something that's gonna attack me? It's the same thing. It's that fight or flight thing. It is so normal to wake up that way. And I want everyone to know that because the second you realize what you're going through is normal, then it makes it so much easier and it humanizes it a little bit more and helps you get out of it, to be honest. Yeah. And it's normal. And it's like so many other people are feeling the exact same way. So you're definitely not alone. Um, But Amanda, before I let you go, I want to just let you tell everyone where they can find you. Of course. So thank you again for having me on this podcast, of course. I really, really appreciate it. And this is going to be big, guys. I'm so excited to listen to all the episodes. I cannot wait to just continue to hear you shed your light on the on the world. And if you guys are interested in finding me, you can find me um, on Instagram, on TikTok as well, at Amanda Odgers. Those are my two main social media platforms. I have Facebook as well, but honestly, I don't go on it much. Apologies to everyone that is reaching out on Facebook. I know I have to get back on there. And then you can find me at empower-light.com. That is my business. That is my podcast. Uh, Shameless plug. I have a podcast called Empower Light and a community called Empower Light as well in the Philadelphia area and soon to be virtually as well. That basically leads people through breathwork and mindset work. So once a week, we'll meet. And there will be recordings of all the sessions as well on there too. So if you want to find me though, Instagram is probably the best way to connect initially or my website. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me, Allie. Have a great rest of your day.